Welcome to the Unfading Truth Bible Reading Plan. Today we're reading Luke chapter 22, verses 7 through 20. Jesus doesn't give many orders. So when he does, you better pay attention. We're reading here from near the end of Luke's Gospel, chapter 22, and we're going to read verses 7 through 20. Then came the day of unleavened bread, on which the Passover lamb had to be sacrificed. Jesus sent Peter and John, saying, Go and make preparations for us to eat the Passover. Where do you want us to prepare it? they asked. He replied, As you enter the city, a man carrying a jar of water will meet you. Follow him to the house that he enters, and say to the owner of the house, The teacher asks, Where is the guest room, and where may I eat the Passover with my disciples? He will show you a large room upstairs, all furnished. Make preparations there. They left and found things just as Jesus had told them, so they prepared the Passover. When the hour came, Jesus and his apostles reclined at the table. And he said to them, I have eagerly desired to eat this Passover with you before I suffer. For I tell you, I will not eat it again until it finds fulfillment in the kingdom of God. After taking the cup, he gave thanks and said, Take this and divide it among you. For I tell you, I will not drink it again from the fruit of the vine until the kingdom of God comes. And he took the bread and he gave thanks and broke it and gave it to them, saying, This is my body given for you. Do this in remembrance of me. In the same way, after supper, he took the cup, saying, This cup is the new covenant in my blood which is poured out for you. Well, this week we're going to be shifting our attention from baptism to our other sacrament, uh, the Lord's Supper. Uh, And so we're up to question and answer number 75 today. That question is, how does the Lord's Supper remind you and assure you that you share in Christ's one sacrifice on the cross and in all his gifts? We're going to look at this answer in two parts. We'll begin uh, today with the first part. It reminds us of Christ's one sacrifice on the cross and all his gifts in this way. Christ has commanded me and all believers to eat this broken bread and to drink this cup. With this command, he gave this promise. First, as surely as I see with my eyes the bread of the Lord broken for me, and the cup given to me. So surely his body was offered and broken for me and his blood poured out for me on the cross. It's easy to look at Jesus as a victim as he goes to the cross. But as we read of his final days, we see that he remained fully in control throughout his life. In preparing to celebrate the final Passover, and not just for him, but for all, since he would himself become the final Passover lamb, Jesus gives the disciples specific instructions, even anticipating exactly what the owner of the house would be doing when his disciples arrived. Once again, or once they gather, Jesus tells his disciples that he's eagerly desired to eat this meal with them. Does that describe your attitude in coming to the Lord's table? Do you eagerly desire it? If you don't, why not? 
It's at this point the story pivots from being the Last Supper, that is the last Passover celebration, to the Lord's Supper, in which those who partake the physical elements of bread and wine participate in the body and blood of Jesus. Jesus makes this abundantly clear by declaring the cup to be representative of a new covenant in his blood. Participation in this sacred meal is not optional for Christ's followers. His command is simple and straightforward. Do this. It would have been enough for Christ to simply command, but he also explains the reasons for the command. You see, this meal serves as a reminder, not just of all that Christ did, but all that he said and continues to say as his word is proclaimed. Let's dig a little bit deeper. And there are very few hard and fast commands that Christians must adhere to. Certainly there are gobs of ethical imperatives that flow out of God's word that guide what we do and more particularly what we are to not do. But yet there are very few must-dos obligating Christians to perform certain religious tasks. So it ought to catch your attention when Jesus orders you to do this. Often the sanctuaries in Reformed churches, though beautiful, are by design rather plain. This is because our primary focus is on reading and listening to God's Word, since this is the primary way He communicates Himself to us. Even the most beautiful art is a mere distraction from the glory that bursts forth from the proclamation of the Word. But your Creator knows you. He's very aware that you have five senses. And so he's given you this meal in which all of your senses are reminded of who Jesus is and what he did for you. You see it in the bread broken and the wine poured out. You touch the bread and taste the wine. And you feel the presence of Christian brothers and sisters gathered around you. Participating in communion Well, it's not an optional extra that you can take or leave. Your Savior has commanded you to do this. So like him, eagerly anticipate this meal. As you pray today, use the triple A prayer pattern. Begin by acknowledging who God is. Today, begin this way. Our Father, who is coming with his kingdom. Then then align your life with God's will by praying that you will eagerly desire the next time your church gathers around the Lord's table and that you will heed Christ's command to do this in remembrance of him. Then you can ask God for what you need. Remember, everything else that you hear today is going to fade away. But the word of the Lord, well, that's unfading truth.